0: I'm Paul Higgins, an ex-corporate executive turned business owner who for five years struggled to grow a cloud consulting business whilst battling a chronic disease. With the help of mentors and experts, I got the business model right, built a sales and marketing engine and developed a high-performing team that ended in a successful exit. I received a kidney transplant from a mate and now on my second life, I dedicate my time to helping other cloud consultants scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life. Detecting an accent. I'm an Aussie working globally from Melbourne, Australia. I interview successful cloud consultants sharing their scaling stories to give you inspiration and practical tips. I have dedicated experts for cloud consultants on the show to save you time and money by working with the right people. If you want to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins, and welcome to The Cloud Consultant Show, episode number 486. Today's topic is a masterclass on using inbound content to become the number one Zoho partner in the U.S., and you're going to learn lots. But one thing you're going to learn is the consistency is the key and there's no better time to start than today. The second is the media assets to create and when to create them. And the third thing is a golden tip on webinars that I've never heard before and I think you're going to absolutely love it. If you're a first-time, welcome. And if you love what you hear, please subscribe. It is for cloud consultants. So, yes, if you consult and deploy on a SaaS platform, it doesn't matter the platform, you're in the right place. And if you're a regular, thanks for your support. Love to hear from you. Paul Paul Higgins mentoring. Dot com. Send me an email and also suggest some topics or maybe you know a guest or would love to be a guest yourself. There's a link and a summary of the key links within the notes that you're listening to, but also you can get the full transcript of paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast because I think you're going to need this one. But before we go into the interview with Brett, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is Cloud Consultants Collective. It's the world's only revenue-focused collective for cloud consultants where you can get answers, quicker than what you can out of YouTube and Google. Don't believe me? Try it for yourself. Just go to the cloudconsultantscollective.com to join for free today. And the other is Workflow Academy. Are your top performers overworked? Is there a risk that they might also leave because they're overworked? If that's the case, we've got an innovative solution to help with that. We bring in highly trained junior talent to support your top talent. It's a fantastic idea and you can find out more at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash WFA. So, before founding Zenetta, our guest today Brett spent 25 years in the it or well, it channels I'd say he started with the founding channel solutions group a full service sales and marketing organization specializing in value-added channels for tech manufacturers and as part of the executive team he led you know lots of solutions he worked across both the vendor side and also the value-added reseller side so he fully understands that, that's where his experience that he shares today is so valuable. And over the time, he's impacted over 50 companies with their channel partners, uh, including Cisco, McPhee, Citrix, VMware, just to name a few. And Brett is also the host of the CRM Zen Show, a weekly podcast focused on the Zoho suite of products. And what I'll do now is hand you over to Brett Martin, founder of Zenata Consulting, and also the CRM Zen
1: Show. So excited to have you here, Brett. Glad to be here, Paul. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, well, look, we've had some fantastic conversations off air, but it's about time we put them on air. And <laughs> uh, you can share the fantastic things you've been doing at Zenata with the rest of the partner network out there, both Zoho, but a broader network. Because I think, you know, some of the things you're doing are world class. We're going to dig into those. But why don't we kick off with who your ideal clients are and what problems you love to solve for them?
1: Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I think we'll get down to this a little later in the show. But I think our ideal client really, it's not necessarily a particular industry. I think it's more like a certain mindset, right? You know, we're fortunate in that we can kind of pick, choose clients. But you can kind of tell when you get on a phone call with someone after a little bit, if they're going to be easy to work with, or they're going to be difficult to work with. So, you know, we really want those clients that are just, you can tell they're easy to work with, they get it. They want your help. You you know you know that things don't go wrong all the time, but occasionally there are little bumps in the road when you're doing development for people and you, you want the kind of person that isn't going to be hysterical and upset and screaming and yelling. You want someone who's going to go, hey, this isn't quite working. What can we do here? You know, <laughs> you can work with them to get through that and fix it. So, you know, for us, it's just someone who, you know, clearly could use our help. They're struggling getting their ERP You know, whole system set up and running. They're not really getting things going with their CRM. They're having trouble here. They need automation. They understand that, you know, there are certain things in their business that just take up way too much time and they want our help getting all of that going. You know, it's also really good if they kind of have some idea around business process. You know, oftentimes we'll give them a little homework around let's discuss your business process. Sometimes you got to hold their hand that's fine. But I think, you know, it's a crazy thing to say, but the ideal client is someone who I would like to go have a beer with, you know. Or, you, or a wine in your case, huh? Hey? Or, or a glass of wine, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you, you talk to him, you like him, you hit it off. It's the great thing about, I mean, you, you know, you're interviewing people all the time, but the great thing about this business is, number one, you get someone on the phone and you're like, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. I had no idea you could make, uh, what a great idea. And then you start to talk to them about where they live and, you know, and then you cut it, you hit it off, you start discussing their life. And it's fun because you're meeting a bunch of really good people and it makes it easy. So my ideal client is just that, someone I'll have a glass of wine with, right?
0: (laughs) And and has it always been that case where you're really strict at the start? Because I know you got a great pedigree and corporate background. Was it like that at the start or were you a bit scrappier to begin with?
1: I would say in the first couple of years of our existence, I might have ignored my spidey senses a little bit, you know? (laughs) Maybe we were trying to make a number for that month and I thought, "Eh, you know, they'll work out. That's okay. They seem like they might not, but, uh, so no, I mean, it's not always, I mean, I'm, you know, older now. This is not my first rodeo. So, having been through this, I did have that rule in place when we had started Sonata, but um I have ignored it a couple times, and it has never worked out well for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's never never worked out well. You know, I tell you a story. We had someone who was really a major client who shall go unnamed. Okay, but they have in the United States, they've got a big real estate show right and there's a bunch of them like this they buy homes clean them up flip them sell them right yeah yeah and we're talking to the team and it's going well and i think we're going to bring them on as a client and then the guy says well this better go well because if it doesn't and you make one mistake we will destroy your lives and your company and i went all right well we're not doing business then good luck finding someone (laughs) that's a classic example of the kind of client you don't want, right? But anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and look, we, and you're right, we've all, all had them. You're sort of listening to Brett and you're probably nodding your head going, Yeah, look, I, you know, if it seems too good to be true. Chances are yeah. it, it normally is. And, uh, and, and yeah. what are some of, uh, you know, the size? Like, you know, you talked that was a really big opportunity. Is there a particular employee size? You sort of sweet Well, spot?
1: we're a, we're a Zoho developer and consultant and doing those kind of things. So, you know, Zoho is trying to go into the enterprise market, but really they fit small to mid sized business, right? And you can stretch it to the SME, up to maybe 250 to 500 users. They can handle more than that, but then sometimes become too complex with outside integrations. Although they can handle it. It's just companies, when they seem to reach a certain size, they just don't even consider Zoho, right? It's always Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics or Oracle or those kind of things. So we don't really have a target. It's anywhere from what you call a solo panure. You know, individual company, that's all they are to a few hundred people. But, you know, I would say our average client's in that 20 to 100 range. Yeah.
0: And look, I think, you know, that's where Zoho's sweet spot is. And, you know, I, I remember we were on a platform previously where each time a venture capital or a new board member or whoever invested in the company, say, let's go enterprise, let's go enterprise, right? Because they want as much return as they can. And you'd sort of, whether the storm and, you know, three to six months later, that person would be gone, maybe their yep. money would be gone and you'd be back saying, yes, let's stick to our netting and knitting. And I think, you know, the Hedgehog, if you read Good to Great, you know that's a fantastic book and it's, you know, it's all about, you know, be a hedgehog, not a fox. And I think that's what Zoho will continue to be strong at.
1: Yeah, I think they might cross the chasm in a little bit uh, from, as you look at, I think more and more companies are looking at the Salesforce.coms and the Oracles and the rest and, the multi year contracts and the thousands of dollars per employee, thousand dollar plus per employee per year that they're paying for those. And they start to say, well, we're only using a subset. And you're starting to see some of that migration come over where they're looking because so it was clearly caught up on CRM and on desk and some of the other core applications. So you, you are seeing larger companies start to migrate over for sure.
0: And there's always, you know, smaller companies within larger companies and there's always. So yeah. there's yeah, there's always opportunities. Right? It's not a blanket, you know. It's enterprise and and then there's SMB and SM SME SMB. It's never that that simple. it's
1: funny you say that. We do have a bunch of not a bunch, but in the Fortune 500, we've probably got a dozen companies where we have a division.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah and you yeah. get that approved, and and then that can lead to other things <laughs> as you go yeah. through.
0: Yeah, yeah, spot on. Because you know, I've never met a enterprise that's got a, a one stack solution that's clean across. Their entire business, you know, it just it doesn't happen that way. So there's always opportunities, like like you said. And um, you know, you I think have got the essence of what makes a great consulting business, and that is brilliant content, right? You know, I sat last night prepping for this, watching your YouTube channel. You'll uh, we'll have it in the links, but it's uh, you know the CRM's Zen show, and uh, we'll have all the links in. But you know, you're brilliant at it. I think you create content your space better than anyone else, but across the board, I think you're one of the best content creators. Well, thanks. Ta- thanks. Take I mean, us on a quick would turn.
1: jump ahead here, but that's our go-to-market strategy, Correct. right? So, it's content from, so, from day one, content. And, you know, it's not easy, as you know, as a content creator. I mean, you know, we started off the CRM Zen show as an, just a straight podcast, and then we decided we would make the jump to YouTube, which turned out to be the best decision we could ever make. And so we just did the show there, then we said, well, let's produce some quality content around Zoho products. And But then what it became, and I think the key to anybody, and you've probably heard this, you've had content creators on, is absolute consistency. Yeah. I mean, absolute consistency. The CRM Zen show records every Friday morning at 10 a.m. It goes live, live on YouTube. Every Friday morning at 10 a.m., rain or shine, right? That's just how it is. That's, you know, you can't ever miss it. Our newsletter, and we started a newsletter at the very beginning, which is, here's all that happened in Zoho last week. And the newsletter is easy. It's basically the CRM Zen show is, for those that don't know, Zoho has 60 applications. So every week, there's enough news to make up an entire show that's going to go anywhere from a half an hour to an hour, where you just talk about, here's what happened with Zoho last week this app got this update, they added this new feature, they added a brand new application, that kind of thing. Well, the newsletter really is just, here's what we talked about on the show. And so the newsletter goes out every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Yes. And the podcast drops. So there's the the, the YouTube goes live, but then the audio podcast gets cleaned up, changed, and it drops every Monday morning at 6 a.m. as well. And if it doesn't, and there have been a couple of weeks where we've had a glitch on the newsletter going out, Or there was a glitch on the podcast. That's not bad. Over over 250 weeks, we've had probably happen three times, right? Man, I get emails. What's going on? Where's the news side? What happened? (laughs) Did it not go out? Where's the podcast? What happened, right? And so it's that consistency in just doing that. You know, we're always looking for what more can you do? What more can you add to bring value? Because I think, you know, as you know, the success of your podcast and the only reason that people go to the YouTube channel, to watch anything, the only reason people watch the CRM Zen show, the only is it's valuable. It's these really good tips and tricks and, you know, and how to use the product and what to do and real actionable information for their lives because people who are listening to it are using Zoho. And so they find that, that valuable. So you produce that valuable, actionable content. And people will keep watching and they'll subscribe and, you know. And then I think it's just constantly evolving, changing the format, changing things up, doing what's better. We used to do a read of the week every week. And then I thought, wow, some of this is just trivial. You know, we're just stuffing in something and we would do an app of the week, an outside application that we found useful, right? And uh, I think we did one, I think it was a diet application one time. And we said, okay, that's it. We've... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's over. We've gone too far. This really yeah, doesn't work. So it's like, you know, changing things, keeping it around. And there's opportunity there, I think, for other things too, right? So at the end of every CRM Zen show, we would do a and a and Tyler and I would answer the questions. Yeah. Well, we'd review those questions maybe 10 minutes before the show went live. And we wouldn't give them short shrift, but, you know, we just kind of perfunctorily answer them, point them in a direction, do that kind of thing. And sometimes that would make the show go exceptionally long. And so we said, well, maybe there's an opportunity for another show where we just answer questions. And I was in the shower and I thought, ask Zanata anything about Zoho. And I came out of the shower to my wife going, Azaz, Azaz. <laughs> you know? She's like, what, you lost your mind? I'm like, no, we'll do a QA and a show. And so we started that. And that's yeah. just been a huge success. But now what we're doing is we're bringing not just Tyler and my bringing other experts from the company in. And we have a pre-show where we go through all the questions. We decide who's going to answer them, if we're going to do a screenshot. So that show in and of itself now, the last one ran an hour and 10 minutes. So, because we're kind of given that time. So that's becoming another asset. And, you know, I guess another thing that people want to think about is you really got to think about SEO as you're doing these things, you want to maximize them because you can have the best video in the world about something, but if you haven't properly done the optimization on that for search, no one's ever going to find it. Yes. Right? And so, people ask these great, amazing questions. They were tag-ons at the end of the show. There was zero SEO. Now, it's its own show with its own full description of all the questions and all of that kind of stuff, thereby driving more people to you, more people find you, more people want to use your services. So, anyway.
0: Right. right. And then look, and, now, once again, the links will be in the show notes. But go and have a look at it. I actually just did a podcast with. I know this is episode uh, four eight six. You're listening to uh, Brett Martin. You're in the future, but I did ones of other platform plays where I've, you know, their key go to market's been YouTube, and that's delivered their success. And you know, it is something that you know, as I said in my, my solo podcast, it's not easy. You said the same thing, right? And it doesn't have to be perfect at the start. Like, you know, if I look, go back and look at the graphics, you know, where you are today, I think the graphics and the design is spectacular, right? It looks like a a brilliantly produced show. But, you know, you know, it wasn't that at the start and it was only you at the start. And now you've got your team members that are contributing to it, right? Yeah, it was awful
1: at the start. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: it's a journey, right? It's a journey. It's but you've got dream. to start it somewhere, and you know what Brett is proving here is that the best time to start it is today, right? Best time would have been 20 years ago, but no, the next best time is today. And
1: yeah, and you know the the thing that you'll find both on the podcast side of the world and on the YouTube side of the world is that if you do that consistency and you do it, it's it's crazy to watch. There becomes an acceleration point. There becomes an ignition point, right, where you're producing, you're producing. I remember it took us. When we started YouTube, it took us a year to get to 500 subscribers. Yes. And then it took three months to get to 1,000 subscribers. And then it took another nine months to get to like, I don't know, 4,000 subscribers. Then it took another, then then we hit 10,000 subscribers. So we're only, we're three years in at 10,000 subscribers. But in that first year, it was only 500. And it's because people have to find you. You've got to get in the algorithms. You've get you know you get that whole little thing. And I've granted the quality. I think that the content quality was great. The production quality lacked a bit, right? But now we we have a producer, and you know, it makes life a lot easier. <laughs> you can just go ahead and, and do all of those kind of things. But I think it's important, you know. And like we say, consistency. Just never never miss a beat. You know, yeah, constantly and, up.
0: And look, of seen people, creators like yourself sort of take two strategies. One is where they talk about the platform, right? And they target the users and the features. And then the other is they talk more broadly about business, right? You know, business process, et cetera, as you spoke about. What was your thinking? And, you know, take us to a point where, you know, you were making a content strategy decision for the the marketing assets you've created. And how did you make that decision on which was the best way to go?
1: Well, I felt that there was on just general product content because Zoho is based in India, 85 million users, 12,000 employees, but the bulk of their employees are over in Chennai. And so the videos are all produced over in India, right? And so they're good, but I thought they were dry, yeah. right? They're very dry. It's just a product manager reading it. These are great people. I'm not putting anyone down, but it was kind of just dry, you know. Kind of content. And I thought, well, you know, it it might not be a bad idea to have some content with kind of a, you know, different sensibility and different take on it and kind of go forward and drive that. So I thought there was an opportunity there. We did move into business process later on, though. I mean, in the CRM Zen show, we added this whole implementation of the week thing, which truly is around a business process and how. The real use applications and then that got broken out into its own segment (laughs) as well. So that's where kind of things evolve, right? So the implementation of the week, it's like, let's do that so we can talk about real implementations and how this is applicable in the real world. And so you kind of put that out there from an implementation standpoint. And then they're like, Oh, well, let's make that its own little segment. We'll do the implementation. It's own segment. You're doing the Q and A. Oh, let's make that its own segment. So things can kind of evolve from that. And that I think you know, led to it because our whole strategy is inbound, inbound, inbound. And then once we reached critical mass, we started an online community. And that was another thing. And we think about it. We have meetings every year with the executive team and we talk about what worked this year and we go through, you know, everything's working, what we're doing, what's not working, what we should change. And then we decide what are our initiatives going to be for the next year, right? And so we kind of go through and. It was a struggle with the community. We launched it in 2022. I thought it was going to be the biggest hit in the world. It wasn't. Uh, we chose. We did not like the platform we chose to launch it on. It was tough to get the engagement from my team internally, I think, for a variety of reasons. You know, we didn't give up on it, though. We took a step back. We reorchestrated the entire thing. We drove more content to it. And so I think that's constantly. you constantly just looking at things from every side, right? It was... What can I do to make this better? What can I change? You know, on our website, we had events. On the website, you click on events and it was, hey, here's all our events. Here's all Zoho's events. We didn't care. Here's other partners' events. We don't, if it's an event for Zoho, we're going to put it on the website. We're like, well, let's move that content over to um, community platform. So if you want to know where the events are, you got it over the community platform. We'd have the news on there. Here's the latest news stories. Well, let's move that over to the community platform to engage a discussion around it. And then you started to really see this big uptick because you got more and more and more actionable content driving more discussions, driving more questions, and that anyway.
0: Yeah, and then and reason up. to being there, right? And then it comes more sticky. And like, you know, for you, you know, like if you always been a marketing person, like has marketing come naturally to you or is it something that you've had to really work on running your own business?
1: I guess so it wasn't my degree in college. I was a English major <laughs> in college, and I, w- you know, was going to teach high school English. But yeah. no, uh, and so you know, I think it was a real uh, lesson learned, life experience, you know, from the marketing side. In my first, I was a, a mortgage broker in college, and so you kind of got a little bit there. But then I got into insurance, and you know, that's real life lessons around marketing. And, you know, this is cold calling and physical mail and emails. And you're kind of learning, all this is in my 20s, right? I'm 61 now. So, you know, a whole bunch kind of came into that. And I had a tech company on the side that I was doing while I owned my insurance agency. And so when I sold that, it was kind of one of those things. I don't know, strangely enough, my first real company that I was ever hired to, I was just hired as the, you know, executive vice president and given marketing duties and sales duties. And then that never changed. (laughs) So it was like, oh, he's a marketing guy. And so, you know, but then you do learn and you kind of grow and you go through all that. And plus, I think, you know, my background is building channel programs. That's really where my life settled, which is you need to build a partner program. I'm a partner for Zoho. So how do these companies decide what their partners programs are going to look like? How are they going to go to market strategy to recruit their partners? How are they going to do all of that? And, you know, ended up launching an entire company around partner recruitment, partner marketing, you know, there's sell through the partner, there's sell to the partner, there's there's all of the different things on all of those different little marketing components. And so it was really trial by fire for a very long time, right? And I don't think I really figured out all the magic sauce together until I was probably 50, yeah, right? But that was just a long learning curve of a lot of businesses, you know, I was Lexar and just doing Cisco's channel program, my McAfee's channel program, and building these programs and working for these different companies and working with really smart people, you know? And by the way, that's the key to everything, Paul. Just hire people way smarter than yourself all the time. Surround yourself with super smart people. And I just hire great people that are smarter than me. (laughs) Makes my life super easy.
0: Yeah, look, I, I telegram. We'll come into that recruitment piece in a moment because I think you had a great philosophy on that. So it sounds like you sort of build up The partner model that worked really well, like I had you be a great partner, and you've sort of built that up. You just sat on the other side of the fence, and then you've sort of gone and done it yourself. Like, and I'll sort of come back to this theme of of marketing because you know, like I said, your content's brilliant, but I think you would spend a lot of time on it. But roughly, you know, from the start, like how much time do you spend on marketing when you first started the business, and what is that today? Like, how much of your time is invested in marketing?
1: Oh my goodness. You know, it's funny. So when you're first, when you're trying to get clients, really Google Ads, right? So you're <laughs> going to buy Google Ads, you're going to work on keywords, you're doing all of that. And, you know, we were spending probably 5000 a month on Google Ads when we first kicked it off. By the way, that when we got to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, we didn't need Google Ads anymore. That was the crazy thing. Because the inbound leads actually were replacing Google Ads, you know, and now it's, um, it, it's kind of its own thing. But, you know... I would say we spend an inordinate amount of time on marketing. It's for me, I mean, my consultants are working with the clients. The developers are working with the clients. But, you know, from the marketing team perspective, it's all we're doing. I mean, it's really, you know, what's the content schedule for this week? What's the social media schedule for this week that's going to promote the content? What's the newsletter for this week? What are we promoting in the newsletter? You know, what's this drip campaign looking like that's going out on the inbound? Because we're 100% inbound. Right, so when someone comes in, you know we are quasi outbound because we will throw people into drip campaigns, right? But other than that, we're never going to call them. we never that. That's going to be extended. They're going to then have to get enough of those drips to go. Oh, I think I'm going to hire Zanata kind of thing. So it's it's a lot. I mean, it, just if you think of the production time alone, you know, we did a webinar today. So th- our webinars are different, by the way. Great tip on webinars. We, I learned this from um, God, I can't remember who it was. I was invited to guest host a webinar. And they said, here's what we do. We get together the day before and we do the whole webinar and we record it. And then we push it live to the rest of the world. Well, the webinar, we're going to tell you that the webinar is 40 minutes, the fully recorded piece. Everybody comes on wearing exactly the same clothes with hopefully your hair styled similarly five minutes before. <laughs> and then they go now to Q&A and they throw a Q&A banner up and then you're doing Q&A. And that has just been great. So, like, Monday, we did a whole webinar recording. Tomorrow, that will go live, right? But it's a perfectly executed webinar, perfectly edited webinar. But then it will be live because no one will know because then, boom, they'll come on and answer all the questions at the end of the show, right? We'll record... Tomorrow afternoon, we'll record Ask Zanata Anything About Zoho, and then that'll go live on Wednesday. And then we'll do the CRM Zen show on Friday. And then there's a tip and a trick that's getting recorded. And then we've got the newsletter to produce and put together. And so, I don't know, 20, 30 hours. For, I, I, I mean, it's way more than that. It's uh, just the marketing team alone is probably 100 hours a week, right? That's getting put into production, all that kind of stuff. And you can say, well, that's super expensive. You could hire a marketing agency, right? Because it is, it's not cheap, but it's the best leads you can have. These are people, number one, you're a trusted advisor. They are getting on the phone. You have no idea. It's like, oh my God, I feel like I know you. It's the best feeling ever, right? You're like, hey, great. So you don't have to sell them because they already think you're great. And um, you know, it's, these are the best leads you can get. So it's worth, My advice to any professional services organization is just build a model like this. It'll just come in in spades. It it really will. It's so hard to be out there just fishing and dialing for dollars and, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And, you know, for me, it was a hard learning because I came from a world of Coca-Cola where, yes, the Coca-Cola company did all the marketing. And then you know for if you're in sales you then basically did all the account management right so my natural strength was account management right that's that's what i did and yes that turned into a new business but you know it was all outbound in a way because there was either existing clients and then you did a little bit of outbound right but you didn't do the marketing per se the co company took care of that because in the old days you could spend three four hundred million dollars in the australian market and that was enough, right? But that will's changed now. And it's the great opportunity is like Brett's showing is that you can create your own content to an ideal client that trusts you and they come and spends money with you. And you don't have to have all the complexity of marketing and agencies and paid and all of that, right? You can do it. Brett's a great example of it. And that's why I brought him on the show today to learn from that. Now, we're just going to pivot for a moment. Sure. And talk about your team, right? Because like you can't do this all yourself and you've built a great business and, a, and I don't do team. any of it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I see your face there and again, but I, I see your team working very hard on the YouTube, right? And yes. like you said, that's a deliberate strategy and it's a good strategy, right? But you've talked in the past to me about, you know, recruiting people and then effectively building them up. Right. So tell us a little bit about your internal development of of your people and uh, your recruitment strategy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because when you're doing this kind of consulting, you have to know business process. So I don't even know how you learn business process. You know, as an MBA, you kind of get it. You understand some theoretical structures of it and you can do those kind of things. And I think that's super helpful, right? to have that degree. I don't, but I think it is helpful for people who have that degree and who can come in and do that because, you know, a lot of people are coming into you saying, just help me, help me. You know, I have no process. I have no strategy. You know, well, what do you do with the lead? It just sits there and I don't, well, what's the process with the lead and what's the follow-up and what's the this and that? So that whole business strategy side and being able to talk to somebody about Their overall sales process, their marketing process, how they're converting things, when you open an opportunity or a deal. When does that happen, right? It's different for everybody. When does a lead get converted into a contact and an account? How do you make these decisions? A lot of people have really, they're on it. They know exactly. They know their whole process. That's great. But a lot of people, they want to know, what should I do, right? So you've got that that aspect of it. So hiring someone with that skill set is difficult. Yes. Now, then hiring someone with that skill set who knows Zoho and is really an expert at Zoho, well, that's doubly difficult. Yeah. And then, if you're actually going to be in a consultant who's engaging with somebody and talking to somebody, you actually have to have a personality as well. So, finding all three of those things is just brutal right, to get that. So, and we lucked out. We found it early. We found some great consultants who could do all three of those things. They were amazing. But then, as we started building things going along, We found it was harder to get that one piece. But what you could do is you could hire a full-stack developer and get that person in who knew nothing about Zoho, but they were a really good developer, right? And they had a good personality, great. And then you could teach them Zoho because the coding on Zoho and learning that, you can get them there originally, eventually, and you can kind of grow them in there. But how do you teach in the business process? Well, if you are a developer for three, four years, you're going to have touched hundreds of clients, worked on hundreds of processes, done all those kind of things. You're going to learn all the product line, but you're also going to learn business process when you convert leads, why it converts, what their theory is, all of that kind of stuff. So our entire process has been really to take developers. And then, and this, by the way, only arrived at this like two years ago, right? Which is take developers, and put them through all of this stuff and then start giving them, hey, you just take this one on your own. Right. And then saying, wow, they're doing a good job. Boom, boom, boom. And then moving them up through the consultant base. And we're having good luck with that. That seems to be it. Cause that's, I think that's the hardest thing in scaling any professional services business is people. Good yeah. People.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just can't have the front end. Like it, you've done a brilliant job in the front end, but it, it can't be in isolation. Right. If you can't deliver it against the back end, then you're not going to get the referrals. You're not going to get the quality of work. You know, you know you know, how it works, and I think it's smart to do both of those, which which you've done. The last quick question I want to ask you before we go into the rapid fires around, you know, you made a statement to me that really stood out, which was around, you know, we don't do retainer or project-based work, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you do, hourly work? Yeah, okay. And, and that was like, wow, okay, I've spent, you know, quite some time trying to get everyone off hourly work into retainer-based work, right? So I'd right. love for you to tell us why you guys at Sonata prefer to do hourly rather than than project-based
1: Well, because there's just a ton of scope creep that can occur, and it's almost impossible to properly scope anything in a half an hour, an hour, two hours, three hours, right? Which what are you going to, you know? And so for us, it's, we've gotten to the point where we can give pretty good estimates, right? You want this app, this app, this app, that's going to be 30 to 50 hours, right? But, and we're very clear about this, you're going to want more. <laughs> you know, you don't have to want more and we're going to guide you every step of the way, but you're probably going to want more and because you're going to say, oh my gosh, I really want a button that I push here and I click it and it does these nine things. And it might be fine that you want that and it's going to save you, there's huge ROI on that, but that's going to add 10 hours to the project, right? And there always seems to be confusion on project-based work. Well, well, I thought that was in the project. Well, but no, it's not the project. Oh, I kind of read this sentence to say that that was included yeah. in and, the project. And I'm the customer and,
0: you know, I think and I'm, the I'm paying the bill.
1: Yep. And you're like, okay, great. You know, then fine. That's We'll do that for you. And I've talked to a lot of consultants, I said, you know, that have left project-based work to hourly. And I said, why? Well, I said, well, we did one project where I think we made about 99 cents an hour. On the entire project, you know, because just the scope creep got him and got him. So, we move that way. You know, we also move to a minimum engagement because you can't really get to know a client in less than a certain amount of time, right? And so, you want a client that's going to kind of agree to that.
0: And what is that minimum engagement?
1: It's 20 hours. Yeah. So, and we're, you know, we're 200 an hour. So, you're basically, it's $4,000 to engage and get going, you know, then from there. And it doesn't matter. We'll have a client. We'll say, wow, this is... (laughs) would be three hundred hours. Right? Mm-hmm. We're going to still twenty hours is what we're going to start with, right? And then kind of go and build and 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 and, and kind of go through the entire project. Yeah. Um, but it's worked out really well. Clients are very happy. You know, we built a massive portal. That's the other thing. I think client communication, that constant visibility, right? Of here's what we're doing, here's when it's done. You know, constant, 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 constant communication. The worst thing for a client is. You don't talk to them for two weeks. They have no idea. They haven't gotten an email. You know, I know developers, they're slaving away, building the most massively beautiful thing, but they didn't communicate it to the client and the client's upset. But that was communicated. Hey, we've hit milestone one. We've hit milestone two. And here's what we've done. Here's a video of the progress so far. You know, you just take two minutes to send that out to them. They realize they're not forgotten, lost, and, you know, it's kind of very helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, Keeps keeps everything.
0: You know, I always recommended that, like, even um, when we're back at working with clients, you know, corporate sense, Coca-Cola, it's exact same thing, right? Because, unfortunately, people are meaning-making machines, right? And they will make up meaning even if there isn't any, right? And often right. what people make up is not good news. It's normally bad news, right? So they're expecting bad news there. Like, you know, they've been burnt by so many other providers that they're just expecting you to be the same. So... You know, if you are communicating regularly like Brett said, and it's you know good news, you know, you will just stand out so much, and then your chances are going from twenty hours to four hundred to five hundred hours, whatever it may be, is is significantly more. So look, we could talk for forever, Brett. We're gonna have you back on. You you're a fantastic uh guest. Well, um jam, I mean. we're, we're episode uh four eight six with Brett Martin from Zanata, Zanata.com and the CRM Zen show. But what I'm going to do now is get you to do something a little different, which is rapid All right. fire. Right? All right, So I'm going to ask you four questions. I'm going to get rapid fire answers to close us off. So ready for that? are we Let's do it. So the first one is what are the daily activities that you do to help you scale Zenata
1: Well, I think, like I said, it's just consistency. So there's there's no set of daily activities, but there are a set of weekly activities. So there's daily check-ins with different groups, and there's daily check-ins with different people, and there's daily milestones, and then there's kind of project check-ins as we go along. And, you know, it's basically a constant series of you have to know where everything is at all times, and you have to trust the people that are doing it. So, you know, I'm basically there to say, we on schedule. Do you need anything from me? Anything I can do? You know, I mean, I think that's kind of the key. So my daily habits are just making sure that I provide everybody the tools they need to succeed.
0: And what about you? Where do you go to learn more about how you can drive your business? I'm a
1: constant reader. I mean, it's just constantly reading. You know, I I don't know if there's, I mean, I'm fortunate. I've got some other good, really great friends that are also avid business book readers and, you know, that kind of thing. And I think you've got to constantly improve. So, you know, if there's a book out there and it gets recommended to me by two or three people, I'm constantly reading it. And
0: is that a physical book?
1: Oh, Kindle or physical. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Next one is One Wish. One Wish we could grant you at Zanata and the team.
1: I don't know. What's that line from Groundhog Day? World peace, Paul. <laughs> World peace. Um, you know what? It, it's. I, I just wanted to keep... I, I guess one of the things is we, we've built a culture, right? The one was for the, this business is we have worked so hard on this culture. As a matter of yes. fact, shout out to Fired Up Culture. It's a consultancy we've worked with forever. They are constantly doing culture surveys. We do these little personality profiles. Not to see if things are bad. It's just to see hey, you know why this person and this person don't get along? They're opposite, man. That It's not going to work. So we work on this culture. We work on a culture of fun. We work on a culture of prioritizing your life above work. And my one wish would be that we can keep growing this business and just have as much fun as we are and keep this culture going because it is not easy.
0: Right. And the last question is, what do you know now that you wish you had to known when you first
1: started Zenata? Wow. That's a good question. I've been just so quick on my answers. <laughs> you know, I think it would have been, I probably wasted uh, several years not doing all the things I'm doing now, not having these consistent practices, these consistent things. I would have launched everything so much sooner. As bad as it would have been, we would have taken that plunge early on and right away just carved out you know, an extra 10 hours a week on content marketing and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and just quickly on that, you know, I listen to a lot of startup podcasts, et cetera, and, you know, that's the number one identifier for most successful startups is the fact that, you know, the mover advantage, right? There's nothing better than having first mover advantage. And, you know, I think the key call out here is if you've been waiting for the right opportunity to produce your own content, to drive inbound leads, that is over right? You're going to take what Brett's shown, you're going to go to his YouTube channel, you're going to go see his other assets, and you're going to create your version of it, right? But you're going to do it because it is what is a key ingredient to the success of all professional services firms, as Brett said, and it's your time to now do it. And Brett's been a great inspiration for you and for me to, to go and do the same. So Brett, thanks for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks for thanks sharing. You, you know your your wisdom, and if you haven't, go to Brett's profile, go to his YouTube, go to this YouTube, and then come back to me if you really think he's sixty-one because I actually think he's lying. <laughs> uh, hey, I great.
1: grew up. with some grey in it today. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> <laughs> if you're sixty-one, I, I need to. I need to go see a plastic surgeon. Anyway, uh, thanks for um, yeah, thanks for for all your time today. It's been
1: great. All right, I look forward to seeing you when you're out here in the states. Take care. I can't wait for that.
0: What a great interview with Brett. I I actually don't know how to summarize it because there's so much value. But the best thing is to go and start your journey today on creating content. I think that's the number one thing. But why don't you share the things that you learned from Brett. Share it on LinkedIn. At mention him. He's very active on LinkedIn. He would absolutely love that for you. But also share it with your peers, right? You know people that need a kickstarter and brett's the right person to give them that so please share it with them they'll think you're a rock star for doing it also check out our solo shows don't forget if you're scaling your cloud consulting business you want a great blueprint to success just go to paul higgins mentoring.com forward slash blueprint to get your free copy today and please take action to grow with less effort and more reward
1: learning is just one piece of the puzzle it is now time for action Head to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. Get the links and put it into action. Head to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Suggest topics for me to cover at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And don't wait one more minute to gain access to content, especially for you, a cloud consultant, at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter. This could be the difference between wasting time figuring it out yourself or scaling quickly with less effort to enjoy life.